And welcome to Monday in the Pure Opelka podcast. Mike here. Happy Monday to you. I know, I know, I know you're saying, are you kidding me? Are you really happy about Monday? Yes. Every day above ground is a day to be happy about. And even though we have challenges, we're here and we're fighting. And it is the Ides of May, the middle of May, May 15th. Wow. Just a couple weeks away from Memorial Day and the unofficial start of summer. I know a lot of people have already started looking at uh, summer already, taking a break, not doing much. Oh, that would be the government, right? Yes. Yes, that would be the government. Meanwhile, we have many different crises facing us. It's like crisis whack-a-mole here. Every time you smack one on the top of the head and knock it back down, another one pops up instantly, if not simultaneously. So where do we go? Do we go to the, um, the crisis on our southern border, which after Title 42 expired, it has continued, despite what the Biden administration is trying to say to us? Do we go there and, and expose them for trying to create a false story here? For example... This government relies on you not really paying attention to the details of what they're saying. Today, Monday, they released the price of gasoline average around the country. It's $3.51 a gallon. And the mainstream media is being told, wow, it's about a dollar lower than it was a year ago. Almost a dollar cheaper than it was a year ago at this time. Yes, it's also a dollar and twenty-nine cents more, a dollar and twenty-five cents more expensive than when Joe Biden took office. They break something, then they try and patch the problem and tell you, oh, oh no, it's improving. No, it's not. It's not improving. And they've done the same thing at the border. The border, which experienced incredible surges over the past two weeks as Title 42 was getting ready to expire. The border is still a problem. The border is still a massive problem. And the Biden administration is trying to tell us, no, 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 there's no surge. Things are way down. Well, let's go back. Let's go back a few years when the Obama Homeland Security Director, Jay Johnson, Jay Johnson, J-E-H Johnson, I guess I should be saying Jeh Johnson, Jeh Johnson was uh, on MSNBC talking about the border and and how many people were crossing the border. When we talk about deprioritizing the deportation of those apprehended at the border or decriminalizing uh, illegal immigration, I know that we're, we're going way too far to the left of the American consensus on where we should be on this. And you just cannot have a policy where a Border Patrol agent arrests someone at the border and says, in effect, you get to stay here unless you commit a crime. Right. Uh, that just simply incentivizes more illegal immigration. We, we lose control of our borders. Uh, in the same vein, by, by taking a formal step of decriminalizing illegal migration, what we're saying as a country and as a society is we're prepared to see a lot more of this. Yeah, Jay Johnson noticed it. He said, no, 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 no. 300 a day was like standard back when he was in charge. And if they got to a thousand a day, it was a big problem. Jay Johnson then went on Fox and Friends. This is back in 2019. And he was talking to Brian Kilmeade. Brian, by any measure, um, 4,000 arrests in a day, 100,000 
in a month. That's the population of the city of Albany, New York, that suddenly shows up on our southern border. In now, this was three years ago. And it was 4,000 arrests a day. We went way past that number, almost uh, almost six or seven times that number last week. And now it's down to 10,000 a day. And the administration's trying to tell us, oh, no, 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 things are good. Things are better. Things are improving on the border. We, we, we're seeing our things work. And uh, it, it's absolutely insane that the director of Homeland Security is telling people, A, the border is getting better. It's not getting better. You've just made it less awful, less terrible. And Joe Biden was riding his bike on the beach in Rehoboth over the weekend, and the media stopped by to see if he'd fall off. He didn't, but he did say some curious things when, uh, when pressed by a couple of reporters. Secretary Mayorkas said this morning that the numbers at the border have gone down since Title 42 was lifted. Are you confident that the numbers have peaked, that they'll continue to go no, down? Look, they, are, they have gone down. My hope is they'll continue to go down. But we have more, a lot more work to do. And we need some more help from the Congress as well in terms of funding and legislative changes. Uh, legislative changes. Gee, I wonder who was part of the United States Senate for over four decades. Hmm. Could it have been Joseph Robinette Biden? The other part of this is the smugness of this president. And he kind of chuckles when he's asked, how do you think things are going at the border? Things are going at the border, sir. Much better than, much, much better than you all expected. <laughs> do you have any plans? Is that evil or not? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And, and she's following up asking, do you have any plans to visit the border? No, I think. Pardon me? Do you have any plans to visit the border? Not in the near term, no. no. Not in the near term. No, no. And Kamala's not going there either, even though she's in charge of it. No, Joe's headed to, I think it's Hiroshima. His next trip is to Hiroshima. He still has not appeared. Joe Biden has not showed up at all. Joe Biden has not made it to East Palestine. And today marks 100 days since the train derailed in East Palestine. 100 days. And by the way, 73 days since Joe said, oh, he'll get there. He's going to go there in the near future. Well, he's been to Ireland. I think he's been to Germany. He's been uh, a couple different places overseas. He's been to, he's been to, um, he's been to Ukraine. He went to Poland and Ukraine and Germany, and Ireland, and uh, now Hiroshima. But he's not, going to the he's not going to East Palestine or the border. This uh, administration is an embarrassment on every level. They make things worse, then clean up a little bit of it, and tell you, oh, things are getting better. Hmm. Consumer confidence is uh, suffering a major crisis. I was just looking at a story on uh, ZeroHedge.com. Do you not follow ZeroHedge.com? You should be on ZeroHedge.com. There are terrific stories from all over the place. Uh, and one of the ones that caught me today was a number that says we're, we're about to have a real crisis in the retail world because people aren't buying stuff. People are not the U.S. consumer from credit card data revealed the first drop in household spending 
in two years. The first drop in consumer household spending in two years. And this is mostly because now the upper income wages have tumbled and unemployment benefits are soaring. And I'm glad people aren't racking up huge credit card debt because that's always a dumb thing. And I think you should you should live just beneath your means so you're ready for a rainy day. But this is a bad sign, despite what this administration wants to tell you. This is a really bad sign. And uh, while we're on the topic of bad signs, it's also been one full year since cringe Corinne Jean-Pierre is the press secretary for Joseph Robinette Biden. And um, she's still um, she's still got nothing for you. Nothing. I don't have anything. I I don't have anything. I don't have anything. I I don't have anything. I don't have anything. I just don't have anything. I don't have anything. We don't have anything. I just don't have anything. Don't have anything. So I don't have anything. 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 Just don't have anything. I just don't have anything. I don't have anything. Again, I don't have anything. I'm stopping. We're 19 seconds in and she's had 20. I don't have anything. It goes on for at least another minute and 20 or 30 seconds. One full year, at least 100 times, she said, I I don't have anything for you on that. Cacistocracy, government by the worst possible individuals, and, and they are there. And this weekend, Joe was not only in Rehoboth Beach at the largest beach house in the state, the one that you and I paid a half a million dollars to have a wall built around it because walls protect people when you're a Democrat, but you're not allowed to build a wall on the southern border because, well, you know. Uh, Joe Biden was invited to give the commencement address at uh, Howard University. That's where Kamala went. He was invited to give the commencement address at Howard University, and uh, they gave him an honorary doctorate. You know, anytime you show up and you do a commencement address, they give you an honorary doctorate. It, it, it's nothing. It's like all the hollowness around what you could say are Joe Biden's accomplishments. I saw a great, a great post this weekend. Somebody said the next time someone tells you they support Joe Biden, look him in the eye and say, oh, that's great. Can you name three complete sentences? And they can't. They can't. But this is this is how they honored Joe Biden at Howard University when they were giving him his honorary doctorate. You are number one on the global stage as the 46th president of the United States, a magnificent commander in chief, expertly leading America in making monumental innovations and passing legislation to improve the quality of life for all. I, I don't know which president he's talking about, but they are saying he's talking about Joe Biden. Let's get back to the guy with the uh, Jamaican accent, man. Moreover, you stand firm and focused in achieving productive results and significant solutions, born of a sincere sincere desire to leave an awesome legacy for our beloved nation. Admired for your sound analytical intellect and open embrace of all. Wait, sound analytical intellect? Huh, an open embrace of all? We'll get to that because Joe doesn't embrace all. Your popularity on both sides of the aisle. Hold on a second. Hold on. So the truth meter just broke. It just it just pegged to the, the stupid side. 
I, I got to hear that last bit again. What did this cat say? Intellect, an open embrace of yeah. all. Yeah. Your popularity on both sides of the aisle. Popularity on both sides of the aisle. Not even close to the truth, sir. That should get five bazillion Pinocchios. Both sides of the aisle. The United States led to your illustrious reputation and outstanding service of 36 years as a Democratic senator from Delaware beginning at the tender age of 29. Yeah, should not have been elected. Should not have been elected. 36 years in the Senate with nothing to show for it. He fought against busing, saying he didn't want his kids to attend a racial jungle, and the left just gives him a pass on it. If someone had a record of any Republican saying that about integrating schools, they would never be allowed to run for office. They would be hounded. They would be hounded till they die. But not Joe Biden. Not Joe Biden. As a matter of fact, back in 1972, Joe Biden wants us all to know that, you know, he probably was or maybe he was corrupt. Senator Biden, it's nice to have you here as the youngest member of the Senate, the one, therefore, who may expect the longest career there. I wonder if you'd say to us, <laughs> Since it's clear that you're not corrupt and you got elected, why should people think that the system produces corrupt results when there you are? Well, I'm not sure you should assume I'm not corrupt, but I'm thank you for that, though. Yeah, I'm not sure you, you should assume I'm not corrupt, but thank you for that. Well, well, sir, you're just proving the point. When someone tells you who they are, believe them. Believe them. Joe Biden made the... Uh, the time to visit Howard University on Saturday and deliver the commencement address because, I maintain, his numbers among black voters are way down. Way, way down. Like 31% of black voters support Joe Biden. And that is a disaster for Democrats. A disaster. So Joe took it upon himself to try and divide the country again to make up some stories. And by the way, something coincidentally happened in D.C. over the weekend. Not really a coincidence, but we'll get into that. Stand up against the poison of white supremacy as I did my inaugural address to a single out as the most dangerous terrorist threat to our homeland is white supremacy. Now, if you say that white supremacy is the single greatest threat to our homeland, to an audience at a black college, you're going to get applause, which he did. But Joe kept pressing the issue. That's feedback. I'm not saying this because I'm at a black HBCU. Wait a minute. A black HSBCU. Doesn't the B stand for black? Just saying. I say wherever I go. No, you don't. To stand up for truth over lies, lies told for power and profit. Wait, truth over lies and lies told for power and profit. Joe, Joe is the guy telling us that he always stands up for truth over lies and lies told for power and profit. Lies told for power and profit. Hmm. So truth over lies, number one. We know he's been lying almost every time 
his mouth is moving. He's been lying, telling telling these fibs, these lies. This uh, the his mendacious behavior is legend. He's the guy who keeps telling us the story about giving a uh, a uh, a medal to a family member who had actually died before Joe told us it was happening. How about the guy in the Amtrak train, the conductor, Angelo? That story never happened. He keeps telling it. Joe also was famous for plagiarism. And by the way, when Joe, talking about telling lies for power and corruption, when Joe was allegedly, Joe and the Biden crime family, allegedly vacuuming millions out of uh, Europe, including Romania, Joe was in Romania as vice president talking to the Romanians, their politicians, about corruption. Corruption is a cancer, a cancer that eats away at a citizen's faith in democracy. I'll say. I'll say it's eating away at the American faith in democracy. Our republic is at risk because of the corruption of these Democrats. Corruption is just another form of tyranny. Yeah, and you guys are doing it very well. Now, that was Joe in 2015 or 16, I believe. He's still, still vice president of the United States and, and, and cognitively on a much better level, as you can hear him speaking quite clearly. When politicians can be bought, when courts can be manipulated, when the media becomes a tool of propaganda. So politicians can be got, caught, bought. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm just stunned by this. Politicians can be bought. He's saying this while the Biden crime family is setting up all these companies to suck all this money out of our adversaries and then distribute it among the family members. When the media can be tools of propaganda. Wow, does this ever sound like where we are today? Remember, when they point a finger at you, they're pointing three back at themselves. There you will find a society that is susceptible to manipulation from the outside. And from the inside, if you're there taking the money, sir. That is just so prophetic to me. So, so prophetic. So Biden's out there making all these speeches and saying just how awful we are. And meanwhile, his... Um, Secretary of Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas is on every single Sunday talk show saying, hey, the border's getting better. The numbers are down. Yeah, sure. Now, never mind that they're historically still high. We're not setting records anymore. We're just not back to where we were under Donald Trump. I was looking at the numbers uh, year to date. Year-to-date, 1.223 million people encountered at the border. That is uh, up 15% over 2022. It's also up 114% over 2021. It just keeps getting worse. But Mayorkas wants us to know that he agrees with Biden that white supremacy is the greatest threat, as he's telling us that the the borders, it's fine, that border. The president yesterday uh, at his commencement address uh, for the Howard University graduates called white supremacy uh, uh, the, the major domestic terror threat in this country. Is that correct? Uh, it tragically is. 
you know, um, in the terrorism context, domestic violent extremism is uh, our greatest threat uh, right now. Individuals are driven to violence because of ideologies of hate, uh, anti-government sentiments, false narratives, personal grievances and the like. And regrettably, we have seen a rise in white supremacy. The president yesterday. Yes, yes, yes. We know you're trying to repeat it. It's amazing how they are all on the same page. Maybe we should learn from Democrats that we all should walk lockstep like lemmings as a party. I I appreciate that we have been electing conservatives, but the Democrats really do the unity thing better than we do. Much better. It's very scary. Uh, A couple other things bubbling up today that caught my eye. Yesterday, Marita Bartiromo, Maria Bartiromo, had uh, James Comer on her show talking about all of the revelations that were delivered last week. And we're all wondering, after the press conference on Wednesday, when are we going to start seeing some action? When is the DOJ and the FBI going to jump in there and start investigating the people who you have shown us have millions of millions of dollars coming into the country with questions around them? questionable companies being set up, money being funneled to other family members. When will the DOJ go into this? Is it going to take those people being declared Republicans before the DOJ will do it? I joke, that's not happening. But the, uh, the sad news out of this was Comer's announcement that the FBI whistleblower with all the bombshell evidence of the Biden crime family is missing. Gone missing. Where the hell is the whistleblower? This is downright scary, isn't it? And you should have seen Maria Bartiromo's face when this was told to her by Comer. Are there whistleblowers or informants missing right now? Well, with with what we've investigated and the people that we've tracked down, uh, going back to the CEFC, uh, the two main players in that business, as well as all the Americans that were involved in the uh, different Biden uh, influence peddling schemes, as well as the Serbian national, uh, the nine of the 10 people uh, that we've identified that have very good knowledge with respect to the Bidens, they're, they're one of three things. Maria, they're either currently in court, they're currently in jail, or they're currently missing. Maria Bartiromo's eyes popped open at that last statement. Nine of the 10 whistleblowers we've identified, nine of the 10 currently in jail, currently in court, or currently missing. Gee, you think someone might be intimidating them or persecuting them? Remember, when you use prosecution to mess with people's lives, the process becomes the penalty. Sure feels like that's what's going on here. Sure feels like it. The Democrats are scary people. You need proof? Look no further than uh, Connecticut Senator Chris Murphy. He's a Democrat. And he said something this weekend on Meet the Press when he was talking about the Supreme Court decisions, you know, we have a bunch of decisions coming out of the Supreme Court. There's, of course, the uh, student loan scheme decision that I think is going to go in the correct direction, meaning we're not going to ask plumbers, electricians, 
anybody to pay for the student loans of people who wanted to get a PhD in one-legged Native American lesbian folk dancing and took out $200,000 in loans to do so. And there are cases about free speech and religion, and uh, so we'll see those. But Murphy is worried that the Supreme Court's going to support the Second Amendment. And if not, oh, he's worried. It sounds like he's worried about an insurrection. Well, listen, if the Supreme Court eventually says Mm -hmm. that states or the Congress can't pass universal background checks or Mm -hmm. can't take these assault weapons off the streets, I think there's going to be a popular revolt over that policy. A court that's already pretty illegitimate is going to be in full crisis mode. A revolt. They use the violent language because they have a tendency to be violent. You can look back at the history of Democrats. They're a violent lot. They certainly are. All right, we have a couple of cultural things that we have to talk about. A couple of cultural things we have to talk about. Uh, Number one is the AM radio. Most of us listen to talk radio via AM radios. Now, you might get it on an app, but the majority of conservative talk radio lives on AM radio stations. And many of those are listened to while you are driving to work or at work, in your car or at work. AM radio, which provides, as I said, the most, the majority of conservative talk, AM radio is under attack. Why? I kept thinking, why? They're telling us, well, we have a problem with AM radio because, uh, you know, in the electric cars, there's a static, all kinds of weird noises created by the electric motors. And all I could think of is they ought to be able to insulate that to create a way to protect the radio reception from all of that frequency interference. Hmm. Why is this happening? And then I started thinking, well, really the only medium that the conservative voice thrives is conservative talk radio. Most of that being AM radio, 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 radio is, is the fortress of conservative talk. The Democrats would love to, order radio to have what they call the fairness doctrine. They love fairness, where if you had an hour of talk radio, then you'd have to have an hour of conservative, uh, of liberal radio, conservative, liberal, conservative, liberal. It would ruin talk radio. Those, those stations would go out of business. They weren't able to get that done. That's the one thing we successfully blocked. And uh, I know about liberal talk radio because I worked at a place called Air America for about a year. It was a miserable pit of snakes funded by billionaire liberals who were trying to create a, uh, an anti-Rush Limbaugh, an anti-Sean Hannity, an anti-anyone who was in the conservative radio sphere. They couldn't get it done. Nobody was listening. It was a gigantic cash suck for them gigantic so this is how they're going to do it they're just going to get rid of the ability for you to listen if they get the radios out of the cars that will kill am radio so we're asking you to tell congress about it we're asking you to tell congress don't kill am radio and if you text am just the letters am text the letters am to the number 52886, Congress will hear. 
We need to achieve critical mass on this. Text AM to 52886 and let Congress know how important it is. And now we know out in the country, out in the middle of nowhere, AM radio was frequently the last place people will get weather and emergency information. Really important. Text AM today. Do it every day to 52886. The car manufacturers are going to be rewarded for removing AM radios. We cannot let that happen. We absolutely cannot let that happen. Promise me. Pinky swear right now. You'll get that done. A couple of things in the culture. Uh, we still don't have the Nashville shooters manifesto that we've known about forever since the day of the shooting. Six adults, six children killed by this crazed, probably a Democrat, the trans killer. And the manifesto and all the other notebooks have not been released because they keep telling us, well, you know, there's a public good. We have to protect everybody. No, we have a right to know. A judge now has the manifesto and is going to read it. The unredacted manifesto, a Tennessee judge, is going to decide whether the Covenant School shooters manifesto should be publicly released. I'm hoping it just gets leaked. You know, we have other decisions that get, get leaked all the time. And I'm thinking that's, that's a strong possibility. So we shall see on that. I'm also predicting there'll be a reversal by the uh, Newborg, Newburg, New York Hotel that kicked out a bunch of homeless veterans and canceled the reservations of some people who were coming there for a wedding in order to house immigrants. That's a really bad look, Newburgh, New York. That's a really terrible thing. Throw out people that fought for freedoms in this country, people who volunteered to put on the uniform. The Stewart Hotel, throwing people out. And, and why did they have this influx of migrants? Because the mayor of New York, who has turned out to be a fabulous disappointment, the mayor of New York is tired of being a sanctuary city, and he's now bussing the people to other cities. And remember, he's the guy who got mad when Texas bussed people from the border, which was overwhelmed for almost two years, to his city. Now he's bussing them elsewhere. They're hypocrites, every single one of them. Every stinking one of them. Uh, there is um, more news, an update on the Bud Light situation. Bud Light sales are continuing to hold in the drop of 22 to 26% in different places around the country. The only part that's still drinking Bud Light that has the least amount of fall off, and it's still kind of a bad number, they're down 14 or 15% in the far northeast, like Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, those states are still kind of holding for Bud, but down 14%. That's not good for a company. But I think Bud Light's about to get some, some company in the stupid zone. Bud Light is going to be holding the beer for Miller Light. Miller Light probably said, hey, Bud, you guys thought you could do something stupid? They just put out a new video, and it's woke. It's really woke. Let me play it to it for you. I'll explain if there's anything you're missing in the video. It opens up with a, a giant room warehouse full of casks, barrels of beer, if you will. Here's a little known fact. 
women were among the very first to brew beer ever. From Mesopotamia to the Middle Ages to colonial America, women were the ones doing the brewing. So they've already told us at the beginning, hey, if you didn't know it, women brewed beer. Okay, fine. That's cool. I understand. Continue. Centuries later, how did the industry pay homage to the founding mothers of beer? They put us in bikinis. Yes, since men mostly drink beer, they advertise beer with good-looking women, hot women, in bikinis. Remember the Bud girls, the Bud Light girls? There were three blondes in bikinis. I have, I might have had a poster up in my college dorm. I'm just saying. This continues. Wow. So she takes the poster of a woman in a bikini off of an easel and starts walking away. Here's the message from Bud Light. Look at this shit. Wild. It's time beer made it up to women. So today, Miller Lite is on a mission to clean up not just their shit, but the whole beer industry's shit. So they're calling all of the old ads featuring good-looking women selling beer shizzle. Well, you know the word. It keeps getting bleeped. And essentially, they're going out like the Taliban and buying all this old memorabilia. Miller Lite has been scouring the internet for all this and buying it back so that he can turn it into good for women brewers. What? They're buying the stuff back to turn it into, I guess, compost? They have a bag that says Miller Lite on it. looks like a big... A bag of potting soil you buy at the, the Home Depot or Lowe's or your local garden store. And it says, light, the good chisel. But it says the word. Literally, good sh How, you ask? Ladies, take it away. First, we turn the bad sh into compost. Then we feed compost to worms. Push out beautiful fertilizer. That good sh helps farmers grow quality hops which has been donated to women brewers to make their own really good shit. But there's definitely more shit out there. In your attic, in the garage, in your parents' basement. Send any shit you got into Miller Lite, and they'll turn that into good shit, too. Now, they actually have a website that you could go to and sell your old beer advertising stuff to. It's MillerLite.com slash BadSHT2Goods. I can't read the rest of it. It's too small on the screen. So they're trying to buy stuff. I wonder I wonder if we can make them overpay. <laughs> if you have something in the basement, an old Miller neon sign, you might be able to get a good price for it, probably higher than the, the current marketplace. They may have created a marketplace that didn't exist and will help fund people dealing with the, the higher prices of the Biden economy. But wait, there's more. Oh. So here's to women, because without us, there would be no beer. Yeah, okay. They say we bought back all the bad shizzle we could find and turned it into tons of good shizzle to benefit hundreds of women brewers. Well, you know, that's fine. That's your choice as a corporation. I can choose not to buy your products because you're being unfair you're being biased against men and will now men brewers identify as women to try and get some of the benefit of this oh miller light <laughs> 
bonehead move. You got a lot of other products out there too, Miller. You didn't learn from the Bud Light lesson? What a mistake. What a gigantic mistake. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh. I, I, <laughs> I don't even know where to begin, quite where to begin, on how stupid this was. I, I just, I wonder, we should get a look at it. I'll, I'll do some research and I'll see if there are uh, numbers on how many breweries are owned by women. I, there may be a bunch of microbreweries. I know we have executives in, in all companies now representing men and women. In all companies. I think the head of uh, Pepsi, was it Indra Nuri? That was the uh, Indian woman who's been the head of that and oversaw a great couple of years for that company. I don't think women are having a problem competing. I think the problem is the woke people are trying to find a way to cash in on it. I think that's really where this is. So stay tuned on this. We, we got this uh, early, and we will see if there is a, uh, a backlash, if you will, a, a potential backlash against. Oh, it would be so funny. It would be too funny for me. If, if we had a major backlash and Bud Light said, thank you very much. That's just a battle of idiots every single day. All right. We have a lot going on this week. I, um, I promise you we will try and deliver as many podcasts as we can. There are a lot of things uh, that we're looking at monitoring. We're monitoring, of course, Daniel Penny. He's the Marine who is now facing a uh, manslaughter charge in New York. His defense fund is over $2 million on Give, Send, Go. Good for you. Another witness has stepped up to speak in uh, Penny's defense. That's great. That would be a fantastic thing. Keep your eyes on North Carolina. As the governor vetoed the 12-week abortion ban, it looks like uh, Republicans and people who protect life will overturn that veto. Chicago has a new mayor officially now. And we worry for my old hometown. We worry a lot. Dave Chappelle came out and ripped San Francisco a new one. Dave Chappelle did a surprise show in San Francisco and said, what the F happened to this place? This city is now like uh, 50% glee and 50% zombie apocalypse. He's not wrong. He's not wrong at all. And I do have good news. I should end the podcast today with some good news. Some really good news. Brittany Griner stood for the national anthem. Yes, Brittany Griner, who spent 10 months in a Russian prison for being a dummy and bringing uh, a banned substance, was it uh, pot oil, CBD oil with THC in it, into Russia. And she was used as a political pawn, should have known better. But her government worked to get her out because it was politically expedient to do so. Brittany Grinder rejoined her team, and they had a uh, preseason game this past weekend, and she stood up for the anthem. Maybe that anthem sounds a little bit different to her now. Don't sit down again, Brittany. Stay standing. Stay standing. That makes me happy. Everybody can learn. See, everybody can change. All right, I am taking a break for today. We'll be back tomorrow. In the meantime, test studio, my friends.
Testudo.